right. Hey everyone, Natsumaris here again, back with another LinkedIn Live. And I'm here to talk about something very important. So just comments uh, to make sure that everything is working here. As you know, things are loading, make sure my head is showing, uh, make sure that uh, the live is actually broadcasting. So, all right, I got a confirmation. All right, I got a confirmation. So, just one second. All right, this looks good. So, hey everyone, uh, back with another LinkedIn Live, and today's a really interesting video. So, I'm here to just talk about, you know, how people use business systems to essentially leave what is called the rat race, and you know, this is stuff that people don't teach. Uh, hence, why, you know, I've gone through a lot of private teachings and things like that to learn about people who have done different things through consulting, uh, through owning different businesses, and how people have used different business systems, rather like instead of working for business systems and being underneath and constrained by business systems, how they've learned to use business systems to leave what is called the hamster wheel of the rat race. And uh, so we see, I right, agree, we have, um, Dr. Gordon Jones. So we have a few people joining right now. And yeah, some of the courses I took, you know, two years ago have really helped me out to learn about different ways of doing business and understanding business because uh, oftentimes, especially, you know, if you go in a hive mind area, you know, go to the university, you go to uh, different social gatherings and stuff. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they have this hive mind mentality, this group think way of thinking of there's only, only be an employee you know, that's the only way to, to win. But, you know, there are so many different ways of doing it. You can be an employee, you can be a consultant at the same time. You can be a business owner, you can be a consultant. You can be an owner, you can be a consultant. Like there's so many different paths and intersections and ways to, to play the game. And, you know, I'm just gonna dive right in. So mainly, uh, a lot of people are stuck here. You know, they're working for, or working underneath a different business system that maybe they do not want to work for. You know, they have an idea, a generalized goal of being quote unquote financially free, whatever that may mean to them, but you know, without any roadmap of how to do it. And you know, part of solving a problem is just defining it. You know, kind of like math when you, know, you see a problem and you see the equation and you see uh, a lot of unknown variables. Part of the solving the problem is just defining the, defining the unknown. And once you define the unknown, then the solution just makes itself, appears itself right before it. So, uh, you know, I'm gonna talk about this acronym, ECHO, and it's a great way of helping to understand different business systems. Because E means employee, C means consultants, O means owner. And um, you can be multiple, you can be all three, but the key is to understand what they are. And I'm going to talk about each of them through the different mentors that have helped me and, and things like that. So, employee, uh, this is the this is actually the one I know the least about because this is the one I've done the least. But uh, an employee, you know, is somebody who uh, works like underneath an organization, works underneath an organization, and um, typically it's like, you know, you can you can work for free. There there are a lot of interns, so it's like. Let's say zero to 200K. 200K is very optimistic, but let's say zero to 200K. Uh, that's how much money in US dollars one can make. And 
200K is like the top of the top, you know, government organizations or banks. Zero is like intern. And I define employee in two broad strokes, and this is based on my perspective. There are different perspectives out there, but this is just based on my perspective. So either you work in an organization where there is no conflict of interest or where there is a conflict of interest to determine the places that you want to be where it comes to your goals in either owning a business or starting a consultancy. So there are a lot of companies in the private sector and you know a lot of companies in the private sector and things like that that have a lot of rules in regards to what you can do outside of work. Some organizations say you cannot do anything outside of work um, if you're working for an organization. You cannot do anything that makes you any money and you're bound to that legal contract. And all the money you make comes from, like it's, there's a CEO and it's a private company. By private company, I mean there's no, it's not a government organization and you know, you're working for underneath that CEO and that's the reality. Yeah, so you don't, you may or may not own, you, you may or may not be an owner of it, of the company. To own a company, you need shares or an ownership of it. And even if you're not, you, you just, even if you if given options, you have to purchase those shares with your own money, something that you have to work for, right? In most cases, some people find a way to go around that rule. So either, you know, let's say you want to one day start a business and you're an employee. You have to be really careful because you have to understand is there a conflict of interest in the employment contract they signed? Or is there no conflict of interest in the employment contract they signed? And one of the reasons and one of the things that keeps people from pursuing their own business is, is they have a generalized goal of doing that, but they, they have a conflict of interest in doing so. Many don't. So there are a lot of people that don't have a conflict of interest in making money outside of their place of employment. And a lot of people don't have any conflict of interest in doing so. And that's really great and if you want to, you know, find out what else is out there because you can find ways to generate revenue outside of your place of employment while still making revenue and use the revenue from the place you're working with to remove the risk of your consultancy or your business venture, you know, not taking off for a few, you know, a few months or years. So that's what a lot of people do. The only thing that constrains them is the amount of effort they put in and the amount of resources they get. So that's pretty much how I would def how do I would summarize you know the employment sector right, and that's just based on my limited experience in it. But what I know more about is consulting, and consulting is a really interesting beast because um, it's one of the easiest ways to start a business. So usually when people consult, you do a lot of manual labor in helping somebody solve a problem. So consultancy, you're usually the one to define and negotiate the different contracts that you that you have with different organizations because you're coming in as somebody, if you remove all the definitions and just define it for what it is, a consultant is somebody who other people go for to get advice and pay for that advice. And that's all it is. So there are a few problems and there are a few good things about that. One is that it takes very long to find out the problems and pains and desires that people have, so you have to learn about that. That's what I've learned how to do, and that's the process that I'm going through right now and I've gone through. It takes a while. Some people it takes fast. Some people it takes long. Some people they get better. They find better and more amazing contracts in a long period of time. Some people find worse ones in a short period of time. Some people find better ones in a longer period of time. It completely depends on your journey. You know. So when you're the one consulting, 
you're the one doing all the manual labor. You're the one, like let's say you're helping barbers get more customers by building uh, WordPress websites. You're the one building those websites. You're the one doing the SEO. You're the one doing the sales. You're the one doing the um, expectation management. You're the one writing the contracts. You're the one consulting legal. You're the one doing your own taxes, your own paperwork. Uh, you're doing everything. And the problem is that the bottleneck on the growth of your consultancy is usually you because you have a limit to how many clients you can get. You have a limit to what you can do because you're one human body. So what you have to do, you have to find out how to scale. And there are two different ways of going about quote unquote scaling because the goal is to, for a lot of people, the goal is to not just work as a consultant because the thing is that if you work really hard as a consultant and then you're limited by what you can do and what you can output, sure, you're probably making between zero and um, a lot of early stage consultants are making between zero and uh, two million like per year, very easily. Not easily, but it's easy after years of putting in hard work. So, you know, they start there, right? And when they're doing that, they want to find ways to make it so that if they die or if they go to a trip or if they go to planet Mars, the business is still running without them having to do everything by themselves. And so it's a slow process of slowly growing their consultancy and hiring people and delegating work. But there are two strategies that I've seen people use to escape, you know, the self-imposed rat race from consultancy. Although some may argue that, yes, I'm calling the shots and it's better than employment, some people may argue. In one way, it's really, it could be really stressful. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of focus if you don't have the plan of scaling it and becoming an owner. So one way is to just scale by doing more do-it-yourself type services. So a lot of consultants that I've gotten trained by uh, explain the idea of becoming so valuable in the things that you tell people that you end up making an automated course. And the course is just super valuable. That, you know, for example, uh, anyone who does the course, 99% of people that do it become barbers that make uh, 14, 14 times more revenue. So if there was a course like that, a hick, and I was a barber, which I'm not, by the way, I'd take it. Or somebody who made a course that taught people how to do blockchain, how to, you know, how to sur survive coronavirus and how to uh, ship different uh, masks to people, how to make a mask making factory system or something like that and make 14 million a year. If it was a course that had 100% success rates, I'd probably take it. So that's one strategy. And it's, very, it's not as easy as I mentioned, but that's just a, the highlight. The strategy of scaling by getting other people to do the work, by just having a high value uh, way of getting people to where they want to be. Another way is not not is still doing the work for them, but then just ha increasing your ticket price by solving bigger problems. So this one is very interesting because the thing is that these contracts, the way these contracts work, there's no limits to the type of ways that you can generate revenue if you look at how big problems could be. For example, you know, if you, this is a really esoteric example. For example, if you're, you know, you're helping different rocket ship companies, uh, like you're helping different rockets, uh, prove their, get validated by some sort of regulatory system or whatever, something very niche, or you're helping, um, 
people in capital markets and things like that, which I'm not going to talk about in this video for regulatory reasons, but let's say it's something in capital markets or you're working in a very regulated industry. There's an industry that you're working in that is highly regulated and has a very, very high barrier to entry that very few people know that you need a lot of licenses to be able to get into. Um, like, for example, you need secret government clearance to be able to consult on, on people in this sector, or you need probably 20 years of licenses to be able to consult people in the sector. These are the high demand, scarce skills that very few people have. And those are two different ways I've seen people scale and grow and become owners rather than people who manually do everything as a consultant. So good stuff. Thanks, Gordon. Thanks, doctor. So, you know, from there, uh, people can also become owners. And what do I mean when I say owner? So uh, oftentimes, you know, employees and, and consultants, they, they even, even at the top high ticket level, when you're getting multi-million dollar contracts from offering something super high value that very few people are able to do. For example, things in the investment banking, which I wouldn't really mention right here. You know, the thing is that people can become owners by simply, and by the way, people can make here, it's boundless. So let's say 2 million to, uh, to infinity for guys who do things like this, because this is the boundless section. But some people, they want to go even further and they want to make it so that they don't have to lift a fingernail to be able to run their business. So some people, you know, like let's look at Sergey Brin and Larry Page. You know, at first they they were uh, consultants, right? They they created they created a business, they built the business. But the thing is that as they've gone and evolved through the ownership of Google and Alphabet, they've delegated all of it to uh, um, the current CEO. I actually can't I can remember his name, but the current CEO of Google and Alphabet, and then. They, Sergey Brin and Larry Page, may not have to even lift a finger. They were just shareholders, and all the money is flowing through. So one way to become a business owner and to actually own the and be owed the revenues that a business generates without you having to actively do anything is to just build a business yourself. And one of the easiest ways to build a business yourself without having to lift a finger is just to build it from scratch, understand how it works, and uh, just own own most of, own some shares in it. And so when you own shares in something, then you own a part of the revenues that come from it. People talk about equity and sweat equity uh, in startups, but 99% of them you know, talk about businesses that aren't making money. But businesses that are making money mean that you get a percentage of the revenues on a parata basis. Next, you know, um, there are a few ways besides building a company of you owning a company. Because if you had to build a company, right? But then you thought that the only way to own a company is to build one. There's, you can build very few companies in your lifetime because it takes, it takes an amazing amount of work and sweat and energy and risk. But um, one way, one quick way of owning a company is to simply buy a company. That's what investing is. It's getting a percentage of a company in your own ownership. It's only part of the equity. So there are two different broad ways, and I'm being very broad of owning a company. One is by using your own money to own a company. So that's 2A right here. And you know, that's, that's a, you know, as people are coming up in their uh, investing strategies and things like that, you know, this is how many people start. But after they get very good at it and after a lot of 
hard work in doing this, then they invest other people's money. Not only does it show that because they've used themselves as a case study of getting certain levels of success by owning and building different companies, they understand it, they understand how the cash flow works, they understand how the systems and technology works. They also are able to teach other people and use other people's money as a way to further invest and to increase the amount that they're able to invest and get a return out of. And so this is probably the ultimate level of uh, investing. It's essentially venture capital. So those are some ways, and so those are some different ways. And you know, from here, the money that people can get is infinite because you know, once you build companies, you don't have to lift a finger and you already own it. You know, there are other ways of owning companies. Some include, uh, that I wouldn't mention here, some include negotiating with them, some include consultancy. And, you know, here's the beauty of this, this diagram. There's so many different ways of doing it. You know, because if your consultancy is in the business of owning and building uh, different companies, or it's in the business, if your consultancy is in the business of um, building companies, owning companies, using other people's money, and teaching other people to how to properly own companies, then it's pretty much boundless. If you're employed, if you're, you know, you have a big conflict of interest and you're stuck in a position where you can't pursue any other business interests, you might as well learn the intellectual property of that business you know, in a legal way, I'm not advocating for you doing anything illegal with this, but in a legal way, use that to learn some of the skills that are needed to do some of this and to do some of this, then you're golden. Then you're not working for money and you're not being a slave to money, but you're working for the knowledge. Because if you work for knowledge, then you would have the knowledge to be able to build and to be able to start your own consultancy. But if you work for money without working for knowledge and you're not learning and you, you don't have the resources to be able to get, to get in a situation where you can just use it to learn, then it's really hard for you to be able to learn the things that you need to do. So, um, but if you're fortunate and you have no conflict of interest, then I don't see what's stopping you from you know, lowering your risk of these two different things because the biggest risk in these two things is knowledge and, and a lack of it. You can use no conflict of interest to go in and build to learn how to either start a consultancy or how to own a business of your own. And that's pretty much the quick and quick and dirty summary. Let me see if there are any comments here as I tie this with a bow. All right, nothing new. I see Sergio and Erica and Greg, so a few people here. Yeah, so with that, you know, one question to ask yourself is where are you now? Where are you? Are you, you know, are you an employee? Are you a consultant? Are you an owner? Are you, which ones are you? Are you simultaneously? Because there's no limit to which ones you can be. Ideally, you know, it's, it's, it's usually better to be somebody who doesn't have to lift a finger and the revenue and the, is, is coming in. That's ideal. And it's very hard to do it but it's probably one of the best positions to be in because at that point you have the systems working for you rather than you working for the systems and you know is this always a progression from here to here where a lot of people want to go for obvious reasons but you know there are different situations where it may make more sense in the context 
in the that you're working that that your 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 situation is to do a bit of several. But what's really bad is not to is to only be on here without having anything here. Then you increase your risk. Look look at what's happening during coronavirus, right? So where are you right now? And where are you headed? Are you stuck here? Are you progressing here? Are you here? And are you just stuck as, as a consultant that is doing everything manually and who's stuck by the limit, by how it's hard it is to scale or how hard it is to increase the value because either because of regulation and things like that or because of uh, being able to delegate to the right people and be able to increase the value of what you're offering and digitize it. Is that a challenge for you to be able to scale? Are you over here where you're only building, but you're not, but you're working really hard building, and you know you're not using any of the money generated to actually own more, like franchises and uh, investments, things like that. Where are you right now, and where are you headed? Where are you stuck? If you're stuck, are you stuck where you have no conflict? We have a conflict of interest preventing you from doing this are you stuck in a sense that you're, you're not learning the things you need to do to be able to own and work for different own for different systems or you know do you have no conflict of interest but have you not taken the steps to be able to uh, to freely jump into whatever you can jump into without any legal risk at all or any risk to your time and your money because you're already generating money where is your where are you right now and what is this your goal? So the place you are right now, is this where you want to be in 10 years, five years? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Are you happy? Is this where you want to be? That's a question we all have to ask ourselves. And mentors. So is there anybody at the place that you want to be that you're talking to? Because, hey, it's all well and dandy. We, we have these, we want to be at different places, but the best way to go to a different destination to simply find somebody who is who is at that destination and rather than either silently be jealous or ask them for a job just learn at how they got there so who is a person at the place you want to be how can you find them how can you put yourself in the position where you're most likely to see them and how can you seek them out and learn from them what is the best way to do it would you have to work for them for free to learn from them what is the best way and so these are all questions i ask myself very frequently and this can help me this has helped me go from here all the way to here and a lot of people here on LinkedIn and all the social networks are progressing from here to here some people are a bit of here and they're a bit of here as well they own a lot of companies and they work for a company because they enjoy the benefits as well some people they like consulting and they're happy just consulting with themselves and being their own boss some people are here but they found out ways to offer super high value and get super large contracts some people have found out ways to scale. So hey, you know, find out where you're headed, where you want to go, find, reverse engineer the steps. And that's just a bit of the business systems uh, strategy here. And so I think if you're watching this video, I shall see you in the next one.